three, two, one. Welcome back to another topic of ET Talks. This is topic two. Is that me making all that all that wiggling noise? No? All right. Uh, yeah. We're talking about burnout today. And we're going to try to keep it more positive. We're going to talk about, uh, first off, if we've ever experienced burnout. And then what do you do to prevent it? And what do you do to get out of the hole? So today we're with Spencer and we're with Leah. Leah also made our awesome infographics. Our awesome infographics for the um, AT Talks page. And then for the burnout, she's the scissors. That was her. So uh, go ahead. The floor is yours. So I lost in those goes. Um, definitely can say that I've experienced burnout, um, especially in my current role where I have 30 million hats I'm wearing. Um, I'm the sports information director as, long, as well as like a social media person um, and a game day operations manager. So it just ends up being a really, really long day for me most of the time. Um, as for things that help me pull myself kind of out of a hole when I am starting to feel burnt out is um, confiding in my partner. So my husband does a very great job at listening to me when I kind of just need a vent about how frustrated I am or how long of a day I've had. Um, and then as well, finding activities that I enjoy. So I like weight training, so I will set a time, <laughs> set aside time um, every day or every other day to try to get in the weight room and enjoy it. So, but I'm also a young person, so I don't have very much experience. So I'm still in the process of learning that aspect. So I think that's interesting what you talked about with having multiple hats. Do you, do you get compensated for that extra work? That is a conversation that, <laughs> if I don't want to lose my job, I probably shouldn't talk about. Um, so uh, I, I mean, it, it's okay to say no. It's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the way that my contract was set up, um, it was under one item, and then it kind of got adjusted under the radar, and like there was a lot of very vague statements in there. So I get a lot of pushback if I say no. Other um, duties assigned by supervisor. Classic. Yep. And even though I have every right to say no, they kind of like guilt trip me into saying yes. And so then it just like kind of sucks. Like honestly, the position I'm in now is probably not something that I'm going to sustain being in um, just because of how many responsibilities there are. Like I'm updating our website every other day. I'm so far behind in athletic training documentation because I have to constantly work on X, Y, and Z that mm. is required. So like our men's basketball team is in the process of making playoffs. So um, I'm submitting rosters and documentation for them just to get to postseason. So like I haven't even logged into sports wear in like two days so. so do you feel like all those extra responsibilities um just makes you feel like you're not valued absolutely and then that just kind of leads you down the path of uh, feeling burned out i would definitely say um it definitely does make me not feel valued 
But I think what makes it worse is that, like, for example, I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not someone who knows how to use Illustrator and Photoshop, like the back of my hand. And I'm looking at YouTube videos to try to figure out how to use Photoshop and how to crop something appropriately or whatever and whatnot. So when I'm producing new content and there's like a lot of like negative kickback from it and I'm like, I just put 10 hours into making this one picture and you hate it. Like, or when I get something like demanded on me, like, Hey, I need this done in two hours. And I'm like, I have three people coming in for rehab in 20 minutes. Like what? <laughs> and yeah, so it's I just, go ahead. It just is frustrating and it definitely like increases like anxiety. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not a person who's ever had anxiety, like pretty aggressively. Like I've always had like some sort of anxiety, mm -hmm. but it's definitely exasperated with all yeah. those other responsibilities. Yeah. When I did my burnout talk with Bryce, I felt in the fall that when I was feeling the burnout, it was like, uh, a lot of it was psychological, mental, where I just didn't feel impactful. I didn't feel like I brought a lot of value to the table. So I was so focused in on this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, that I couldn't step back and see all the good we were doing. So I mean, everything you guys are talking about is consistent with what the literature finds to be the major contributors to burnout, which are lack of social support in the form of like an employer, um, mentorship, both of those. Uh, like it sounds like Leah has her husband as social support, but in terms of like the job that she spends probably six, 60 hours a week at, it doesn't sound like there's anything. So that's like the number one and then working congruence. So you sign a 40 hour contract and then you show up and they say, just kidding. You get to work 33% more hours or more than that. That's the number two. And then the third one is like stress management in the form of and almost a result of the, the other two factors, right? Like her employer has now set her up for failure by not allowing an opportunity to reward her for taking care of herself as an investment in the company that is employing her. Like it's just, it, it's like this cyclical monster that, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not trying to be negative. Like that, that's, that is why, I am so passionate about this profession is because I care more about athletic trainers than I do the patients. Sorry. But, but as a result, you know, if we can fix the problems that plague our profession, we inherently improve the outcomes and the quality of care that the patients are receiving. And it's not that you're providing, like, it's not that you're providing poor care, but you're being put into a system that doesn't allow for that like you just said you have three people coming in but another job gets tossed on you You're not like yeah I, I feel like a lot of uh young professionals they'll take that and they can't they can't see through all that stuff that you just explained and it becomes more of a reflection of themselves and all of a sudden now you're thinking uh, maybe i'm not very good at athletic training or maybe I, i'm not very impactful or i don't have a lot of value but it's not it's not you, it's just what you've been thrown into. The so actual system are, yeah. that we perpetuate. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's multiple prongs in which we can attack that. And it's, it's super, super hard being 
a young professional with less than five years of experience, like, because there's this like impending fear of I'm going to lose my job. However, you guys are, it's so funny because you guys are hitting the nail on the head because <laughs> I remember last year. So last year was my first year in this current position and I can definitely say by like, so I don't have spring sports. So that's how they like kind of like get me. I'll work 80 hours in the fall with my five out of my, or my four out of my six sports in the fall. Then, you know, work 60 hours in the winter. And then the springtime, because there's no sports, I'm working 20 hours. So it equates out to like 40 hours in the year or whatever. Does it? Have you seen the math on that? It doesn't. But that's where <laughs> they, like, that's the justification. But I remember being so like, burnt out last year that I didn't even want to step a foot on campus for two weeks. Like I just wanted nothing to do with the place. And like, I remember talking, like he was my fiance at the time, but I remember like talking to him every single day about how like, I just feel like I'm not cut out for the job. Like, that I'm a crappy AT or something like that because like I shouldn't be this upset about something that I enjoy doing. And yeah. Like right. so, so crazy. So, so what do we do to com combat those feelings and to try to turn it around? What my, first, my first question is understanding and it, it's a different answer for everybody, but what Absolutely. happens when you say no, mm -hmm. what happens? A negative outcome. What is that negative outcome? What do we, how do we, like, what is that quantified as? I feel like it's more of our negative affliction to the negative outcome. Like, we say no, someone gets mad at us. We take that personally because we want to help everybody and we barely want to say no anyways. So. But if somebody asks you to be a media director, all hypothetical. Um, and you say, no, my primary role is as the licensed athletic trainer, even though you're in California. So yeah, as the, athletic, as the athletic trainer, um, what is the hypothetical outcome of saying no in that situation? Obviously you resort to thinking like worst case scenario, oh, they'll just find somebody else that wants to do it or you're going to lose your job because they can't afford to pay somebody for it or you're not helping the athletes. Like that's my biggest drawback when I try to, like when I say no, I'm like realizing that we're not giving the kids the experience that they want or the kids the experience that they deserve. So that's why I tend to not say no too much. What do you mean the experience that they deserve? Elaborate on that. So like, for example, before I got here, the teams didn't really like have headshots up. They also didn't do like I'm taking pictures in front of like a white backdrop for social media and stuff like that. So they don't get the fun mm -hmm. stuff associated with it. Or like their athletics banquet was like thrown together like a high school. Like they got pizza and handed out pieces of paper for participation. Hmm. 
Because I think, I know it's hard. And especially with you in California, it is extremely difficult. Um, because to say no to those jobs, that those extra hats, like I totally get that those are providing awesome experiences for the, for the athletes, but your primary purpose is to be that healthcare provider on site. And I think your primary focus needs to be dedicated toward working toward documentation because that's a, that's not just like a, a thing that you have to do. Like that's somebody, oh, sues, no, somebody sues you like you're screwed, but it's also um, within 24 hours is the gold standard for documentation according to trying to remember the acronym here. I'm terrible. I'm not on my game right now, but and I can um, tell you a lot of people aren't even close to anywhere near that 24 hours. Right. I'm not. But if I can find that, I'm going to make a note to myself. If I can find that, that's like a federal thing. Um, Documentation. Guidelines. But I think if we identify the flaws in the care that you're providing, what that does is that opens, opens up your opportunities to say, all right, I need to step back. I need to reframe the way I'm serving the patients as an athletic trainer and really maximizing your ability and your time. So like for that role. So instead of cramming in three people in 20 minutes or whatever, whatever direction that that scenario you mentioned earlier would go, um, trying to figure out, you know, if I have three people, each one might, depending on what it is, if it's a new eval, maybe 60 minutes, if it's a rehab, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Um, if it's a follow-up assessment, 45 minutes and really trying to allocate time in that, that regard and creating like a time flow that demonstrates, Hey, I'm providing 40 hours of patient care now. So I'm doing my job as an athletic trainer. And if they try to say, you know, the contract with the, the word is another thing. That's a whole another problem. But you know, if they try to say something there, it'd be like, I mean, you can fire me, but then you're going to have all sorts of liability issues because now the athletic, now, now the student athletes, the patients will not be getting the healthcare that they're entitled to. So if someone gets hurt and then another athletic trainer comes and is put back into a failing system, then it, it's your, it's well within your right to educate the, the athletes, the patients on what their rights are. If they're not provided the healthcare that they're, they're entitled to, Rise up, boys. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that Leah has done uh, countless education over and over and over again to try to right that ship. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm sure she's do, doing everything she can. Do you? So we talked about your employer not having mentorship. Do you connect with other athletic trainers like in that region? Yeah. So um, I have a couple of colleagues up in the Sacramento. Sacramento area um, that I reach out to, um, especially if I'm having difficulty. Um, I've actually reached out to Tom um, <laughs> regarding a huge liability issue um, that presented a couple weeks ago, um, which was super frustrating, but it helped me um, like segue into an appropriate conversation because um, they were trying to add an additional responsibility on top of that was almost erroneous to be honest um they wanted me to provide coverage for a tournament that 
the high school on our campus was hosting and I'm not affiliated with them. So they wanted me to provide coverage and I didn't have like consent forms and a whole bunch of other just, yeah. Oh, I'm just thinking about this frustrates me and like, I brought in like copious amounts of like documentation saying like, Hey, I can't do this. I can't do that. Uh, hold on a second. What's up? We'll never know what the question is. <laughs> so Spencer, what, what do you like to do to um, try to, I don't know, stay positive and be happy and, and rejuvenate and refresh besides walking your dog? Love walk my dog. <laughs> She's chewing a bully stick right now. Um, I, so for a period of time, I was not in a great situation, like mentally, and I wasn't prioritizing myself. I was getting lost in my schoolwork, my doctorate work. I was getting lost in committing to too many projects outside of work or like in addition to work. Um, and I was just not doing well. I was like borderline functional alcoholic, like not exercising. And um, I like committed to going back to the gym. So going back to the gym three to four times a week. But I think the best thing that I ever did was I took the gamble of saying no when I was asked to do something. And that kind of like opened this little like creek crease in the door, like little doorway. Like imagine what a door, it's nighttime and someone shines a light through it. To like open that little bit of the door that allowed me to just continuously say no 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 it's like prioritize what i needed to do um for myself so i could function at the highest level like i'm functioning at a much higher level now than if you had talked to me six months ago i'd be sitting i wouldn't even be sitting here i'd be like sitting on my sofa staring at a wall going man i could go for another white claw right now <laughs> I think I think another thing that people overlook is uh, just getting enough sleep, getting a consistent sleep, like a sleep schedule. Where um, with if you're in high school sports, I mean, you may get home at six, you might get home at nine, you might get home at eleven, and uh, you never know if you have morning events. So we sleep all over the place. And I found that really took a toll on me because I wasn't going to bed consistency, and I I wasn't waking up at the same time consistently. I just felt tired always. I would highly recommend that as well. Yeah, I agree. I just started a new role in January where like at, at those three sites I talked about and my work day kind of starts, it varies between 7 a.m. and 4 a.m. And so what I've done is I've, it's much better than my previous job. Let me just leave it there. Um, it was something to adapt to, but making sure that I go to bed at an appropriate time to get between seven and eight hours of sleep has really affected my mental health in terms of like waking up at the start of the day and saying, all right, time to go. Cause before I would, I would try and like hit snooze and say, you know, I, and I could just let my dog out and let her pee in the yard and things will be fine. But now we like, we walk three miles a day because I get, well, we walk at least five miles a day, but we walk like three miles in the morning because I get out of bed at a time that allows me to, except for on Wednesdays when I got to wake up at three, but that's different. But sleep is VV important. It's the best supplement. And I even recommend people, I'm like, if you don't sleep well, try, try a sleep aid. Try the melatonin or the, the Z-Quil non-medicine version for sleep. Oh, you know? 
I I have had trouble with melatonin. I would recommend really low doses. That's actually like the literature says like two gram, two milligrams, not grams, two milligrams is like optimal for maintaining a good circadian rhythm without like getting your brain to stop producing the hormones. But I've taken like 10 milligrams before and it just ruins my next day. I wake up and it's like, I drank yeah. a 15 pack of beer. Like, and I'm like, like a groggy. Uh, so being careful. And limiting the amount of caffeine that you drink late in the afternoon. Hey, you don't um, tell me what to do. No, I, I, I my whole day is, sti- is stimulant based. Pre workout stimulant. That's how I get through. At what point if, do we switch <laughs> to drugs? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I won't even. I won't even lie. I'll show you right now. I take two workout products. One's called Total War, and one's called Big Noise. And my kids call it. <laughs> My kids call it my go-go juice. So I'll be like, oh, this is my go-go, go-go juice. That's what I, I call it. Like I need some go-go juice. And I'm just like, Brr. I make my own. See, I just use coffee and I call it life juice. Um, what? Yeah. Coffee you were... is the flavor. Sometimes of... you just have to hunker down and get through for a few weeks. So that's when all that caffeine comes in. <sighs> All right. Is yeah. there anything else we want to add to the topic of burnout? What do we do to try to prevent it and get out of the hole? Leah was telling a story. Okay. Let's finish that story. Ah, oh, crap. Okay. Story for next time. Thanks for coming on, oh, guys. I think we were talking about colleagues. Maybe. Something about a high school and presenting stuff. Yeah. Not Cop- copious amounts of information. Yeah. No consent letters. Oh. oh. Sounds like a fun story for next time. I stopped because you locked in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I actually um, was demanded to provide services. Hold on, do you want do you want uh, this on the recording? You want me to end the recording, and we can talk about this. We could probably end the recording. All right. Well, thanks for coming on for topic two. Don't go because we're going to talk more, and there's going to be future topics, and we're going to have you back. So thank you for coming on for burnout today. I appreciate it.